Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. This morning to uh, Psalms chapter 150. We are in a series we started last week, uh, Psalms for the Summer. We're talking, we're going through just different Psalms in the midst of this summer. Uh, time. And how many of you were here last week and were just encouraged by the word? Amen. You can go put the screen up too. Amen. Uh, it was an incredible, I really enjoyed sharing that word. It was really something that challenged me. Uh, even whenever I was preaching and teaching, it was, it was a challenge to me whenever I was studying that out. And today, I'm not going to lie, this this text is a little bit easier for me to preach on because this text is a DNA point for our church. It is a DNA for us. It is literally in our name. Somebody say high praise. High praise, that's right. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be reading out of Psalm 150. If you read out of Psalm 149 uh, before, I'm going to allude to it a little bit later, but it actually says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a few minutes, but we're going to read this first, Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. We're going to read the whole thing all at once, and then we're going to jump into it this morning. Are you guys ready? Did you come ready to receive something? Come on, let's talk about this this morning. It's it says this, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty firmament, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with the lute and harp. Now, when it's saying lute and harp, it's talking about stringed instruments, okay? So we're talking about guitar and things of these nature, the bass. These are also things that we could take it for modern terms, okay? Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him, we do that a lot. Praise him with the clashing cymbals, also a lot. Let everything, somebody say everything. Everything that has breath, do what? Praise the Lord. And I love what the psalmist did. He goes, if you didn't get it in the beginning, and if you didn't get it at the end of the sentence, let me just put some exclamation on this again. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word today. I thank you, Lord, you've given it to me in power and might. Thank you, Lord, that you will help me release it in the way that you've given it to me today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. You're speaking to us, Father. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your anointing that is in this room. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen and amen. Now, when we see this in this psalm, Psalm 150, verse 6, we're fixing this. Y'all just don't be distracted. Just stay here, okay? Uh, Psalm 150, verse 6, we see this, and it's talking about praise is something that is to come forth from everyone, right? Everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. When you look through the Psalms, it's filled with songs of prayer. It's filled with songs of praise to our Father. That's what the Psalms is. It's prayer and it's songs. So praise isn't something, listen, that you do just whenever everything is going good or just whenever you want to. It's actually something according to this scripture that is commanded of us to do. It is a declaration to us saying, hey, you 
ought to praise the Lord. Amen? Praise should not just be motions. It shouldn't just be emotions. It should be a lifestyle. It is something that we are called to do as believers. We are called to praise the name of the Lord. We should, we should always praise from a place of understanding, not just doing things. Okay? When I say that, what I'm saying is this. It changes everything whenever you understand the authority of what you're doing. Okay? It changes. Put it like this. On a football field, I can run out there in pads, okay? Be out there on the football field, fully pads, everything. But if I have no knowledge and revelation and wisdom on how to play the game, I am going to be inactive on the field, right? But whenever you have an understanding revelation knowledge and wisdom on how maybe you're on defense and you know how to see the play and know what's going on and see what's happening and know how to run to the ball carrier and make a tackle and throw yourself into the play that's whenever you can actually be active and I say that to say this many of us are the picture of the person playing football that has no clue what we're doing out on the field I'll dance I'll sing. I don't know why or what we're doing. Like, we're just sitting there and we're like, yeah, everybody else is clapping. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Everybody else is getting a little, we're bopping a little bit now. Oh, everybody else says, what does this do? You know, like, like, we're just doing things because we're surrounded by people who are doing things. And it's this, understand, I mean, it's, it's a positive peer pressure, but peer pressure. Is great in this sense, but it also is hindering you because you haven't stopped and slowed down to actually come to revelation knowledge of what the power in of what you're doing actually has, okay? So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that today. I'm going to tell you a little bit what your praise does and what different actions do. I'll tell you like this. I've said this before. My dad used to teach me like this, and I used to teach kids' church like this, and I'm going to teach adults like this too because sometimes I think we just need the reminder of the elementary. Take one hand, that's the devil. Take your other hand, that's your hand. Every time you clap, you slap the devil in the face. Everybody, anybody ever seen, anybody ever seen, anybody ever seen Major Pain? I told you, don't you ever, ever do that again. You hear me? You hear me? You know what I'm talking about? That's, we're Major Pain in the devil's face, okay? When you clap, you are bruising the head. You are slapping his face. You are bringing destruction into the camp of the enemy. There is something that is actually taking place in that. It's not because the snare falls on the two and four that we're clapping, even though that is where you clap everyone, okay? It's not one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. It is one, two, three, four, okay? Everybody in unison, okay? We're going to start doing that as a church exercise, okay? Because I've seen some of y'all clapping on one and three, and I just can't pay attention to you in worship. I can't look that way no more. God bless them. Two and four. Count it out in your head, okay? It's not because the snare falls there and just fits right. There's, 
there is actual punishment that we are doing to the camp of the enemy whenever we clap our hands together. Whenever you jump, in the book of Malachi, it says this, that the enemy is made ashes underneath the soles of your feet. That means when it says that they leap like calves released from the stall is what the actual scripture says. And the, and the enemy is made ashes underneath the soles of their feet. Listen, whenever you leap, whenever you're jumping, this is not spiritual Richard Simmons moments, okay? We're not sweating to the worship music. We are, we are worshiping. There is a dance that is, that is coming forth from us. Listen, if, if the world can dance and if people in the clubs can dance, why can't the church dance? If people at a, at a football game or a soccer game can start jumping up and down, making the place go crazy, why can't the church do that? Oh, let me get a little further now. If the, if the soccer games and the football games can meet levels of DB that are 105, 110, 130, then we as the people of God should all the more shout about the goodness and the greatness of a king that wins everything. Huh? How much more should we shout for a king who is the winner of all things? You shout for a team that loses most of the time. In your bedroom. You're not even there. Your shout does not confuse the offense at all. The only thing it does is makes your dog mad. And wake your kids up. Now, I'm not saying don't do that, okay? I'm not getting on to you because I do that. Okay? Florida State, Florida, this past year, whoo, my house was loud. Pastor Michael was shouting at the TV loudly. Matter of fact, it's funny. We were out at the football field the other night, and I, said, I just said this thing a moment ago about how why can't the church, please understand me, we, I'm preface it with this. Matter of fact, if you look around, we added more sound panels in here, and we're actually going to be adding more sound panels in onto the ceiling probably soon because we are doing everything, and we're going to be boxing in the drums completely. There's not a top on this currently. We're going to be putting a top on this, and the reason we're doing all this is because we are doing our best to control the sound as much as possible that we can do if you don't know anything about sound and actually EQing things and, and all this different stuff, this building is a nightmare. Isn't that right, Russ? Isn't that right, Bradley? This night, this building's a nightmare, okay? This is low ceiling like this, sheetrock. You don't want this. This is a tunnel, okay? Now, we're blessed and we're thankful for the facility we have. I'm not cursing this, okay? I'm thankful for what we have. But I'm just saying from a sound perspective, the reason that it is very loud in here is because we are fighting the drums and the, getting the vocals out, but also hearing the music. It is a balancing act. You are like, you know, you're doing, you have every single disc spinning that you can. So I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. Just stay with me. We are doing our best, and we don't want to damage hearing and stuff like that. We are doing our very best to keep the decibel levels to an appropriate level. But I'm going to say this. Yesterday, I went to my, my, my kids' football team. Uh, we went undefeated in the regular season and lost in the first playoff game because we were missing our best player and a couple calls, but we won't talk about that. Uh, but So they did a, a football get-together yesterday with, with my 6U team, and we were out at a pool, a big community pool, and I've never seen so many kids at a community pool in my lifetime, okay? This was like... Uh, it was like, what's the place? Uh, Big Kahuna's, but in a, you know, just a normal community pool. But everybody who would normally go to Big Kahuna's was at this community pool this day. It was weird. But it was so loud. So loud. It was so loud that it went to this. My watch, and there's no music playing. It's just kids. 
My watch, anybody else got an Apple watch that warns you whenever it's too loud? Yeah, your watch is always going off in here, right? Uh, it, it, started, it started going off around kids, being loud, just having fun. I didn't see the first parent go, hey, kids, uh, quiet down, okay? Or, or walk out because it was too loud. What are you saying? I'm saying, we are okay with loudness as long as it's not in the church. Because we have made this mindset that the church is supposed to be, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, kumbaya, my Lord. Like, we, we just, do you think that David, whenever he's writing this, is like, praise at a 50 decibel level, no higher. He literally says, praise him with loud symbols, with clashing symbols and is yelling exclaiming praise the lord in accord in accordance to his goodness and his mighty acts think about this think about that i haven't even gotten i'm just in my introduction y'all think about this how good has god been in your life I guarantee you, he's been better than this. Oh, yeah, I said shout, woo, 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 pastor, woo. If we actually praise God in accordance to his goodness, I'm not even sure that we could naturally praise the Lord loud and powerfully enough in accordance to how good he's been in our life. So you wonder sometimes why you hear me go, Woo! all of a sudden, it's because I just got this praise and I got to let it out. I know that God's been good in my life. I've seen his faithfulness time and time again. So sometimes I just got to shout. Sometimes I got to worship. There's different levels. There's different levels of praise that God places within us. And I'm telling you, God has put that there for a reason. And you have got to let that praise out, baby. You got to praise the Lord. Amen. You with me this morning? I don't know where I was at. Here we go. Let's get back into the notes. We praise from a place of understanding. We can hear this so much, though, in the church, and we can come in in a bad day, and all of a sudden, our praise is gone. We're like a dry well, have nothing left within us. Can I be honest with you? I had a bad morning. You're a pastor. You can't say that. You're a pastor. I did not have a swell morning, okay? Sorry. Anybody got kids in this room? Then you know a bad morning. My boys this morning, and they, they did not want to get dressed. They did not want their hair fixed. They didn't want to wear the pants that dad put out for them. They didn't want to wear those shoes that dad, everything, they didn't, didn't want to help buckle their brother into their car seat. They didn't want to do anything that we asked them to do and had an argument for every reason why they shouldn't and couldn't do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about in this room, right? Some of y'all are like that. Got halfway down the road, remembered I forgot something. <laughs> Turn back around, back to the house, go get what I needed, get back, get back to the church. 
I was not feeling happy-go-lucky whenever I came into this building this morning. It was not. But that's when you got to remind yourself, this is the day the Lord has made. Even if it seems terrible, even if things are not going my way, even if my kids have annoyed me, even if this has been annoying, even if I didn't like what I'm wearing this morning, even if I don't like the way that I'm feeling this morning, even if I'm just feeling a little bit off this morning, maybe I'm just having a rough day. This is still the day the Lord made. So what's the scripture say? I will rejoice. I will what? Rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice, Lord, and be glad about it. Can I tell you that even in the midst of hell's attack, there is still a praise that can come from your mouth. Even in the middle of hell's attack, there should be a praise that comes from your mouth. And we see that in the scripture, and we'll talk some more about that. Just stay with me. We hear this a lot, though. We can't praise in the middle of a bad day. We show up to church, stand still. You can really tell who praises in their car and who praises at home. Based on who praises in church. Because if you don't praise in your car and you don't praise at home, you sure aren't going to praise at church. Because it's a lifestyle, y'all. This is not a choice I come to church and I worship when I'm around other people. This is a lifestyle you choose daily. Like, I praise every day. And it doesn't have to be exuberant, crazy. You don't have to, please, pay attention to the road whenever you're driving here in Crestview, okay? Don't close your eyes and just get, Jesus, take the wheel, you know, take it from my hands. Like, Keep your hands on the wheels, 10 and 2 for most of you. Uh, but you can praise the Lord in your car. Turn on something, worship the Lord right there. His presence is there too. It's not just reserved for church. Psalm 34 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth or be on my lips. It means like this. Praise can be like muscle memory. Tough time, praise. Mountaintop, praise. Valley, Praise. Shackled, praise. Freedom, praise. Depressed, praise. Joyful, praise. No matter what I'm going through, I will decide to give the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of my lips, giving thanksgiving unto the name of Jesus. And that is how we are called to live. A praise lifestyle. Amen. It said, praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Listen, your level of praise will directly express how great you believe God is. Well, Pastor, I'm just not a praiser. Are you not a praiser? Because, once again, I've seen you get excited about some things. I've seen you go out and play sports. I've seen, I'm I'm probably picking on some youth right now, more so than anybody. I've seen how you are at youth events whenever you're running around acting silly and crazy. But all of a sudden, I've seen some of your vacation videos. You gotta feel it. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. And then all of a sudden, Jesus did it. It is finished. When Christ got up, I got up too. I lost its grip. Hell had to lose. Is this song going to be over anytime soon? Because I'd like to sit. Yeah, I'd like to sit. Right? But then you go down to the downtown concerts that are happening in Crestwood. Like, guys. It goes to show you, and the reason I bring that to perspective for you right here is this. It goes to show you your praise will directly express 
how great you truly believe God is. Nothing else will get a greater praise than God in my life. Nothing else is worthy of a greater praise than God is in my life. Are you just saying that or are you doing that? That's a question you need to ask yourself. What happens whenever we don't praise? We forget its power and benefits. You don't use it, you lose it. Just like with school. I'm telling you, I learned stuff in school that I do not remember now. Anybody else know what I'm talking about in this room? I don't remember a lot of the stuff because, you know what, I stopped using it. And now I don't remember it. Listen, you want to remember the power of praise? Keep praising. Stay strong in your praise. If you forget the power, it becomes powerless to you. James talks about this a little bit when he says, Whenever those that are doers of the word will be, I mean, those that are not doers of the word will be like those who observe their face in the mirror and turn and then don't remember who they are. And whenever, what it's basically saying is you're going to forget the power that you have or the identity that you have. Listen, as a child of God, you have the power on your lips whenever you praise. And whenever you're doing that and you're constantly doing that, you will not forget its power or your identity that Christ has called you to be. Amen. You will forget the power of your praise, though, if you aren't a praiser consistently. I said this a minute ago, we need to praise from a place of understanding. So when I said we're clapping our hands, we're slapping the devil. Whenever we jump, we are dancing on the head of the enemy. He's made ashes underneath the soles of our feet. Whenever we shout, it's a, it's a ruah, shout of victory. There's victory that takes place in our shout. Whenever we say, hey, lift up a shout unto the Lord, we're not just trying to make noise to make noise. There's actually things that are happening in the spiritual in realms and in the heavenlies whenever we shout. It actually says that the enemies, it's like a piercing of the ears whenever the people of God shout. And so whenever we shout, we believe that we're piercing. We are, we are 9,000 million dB in the devil's ears. At that, I know dB is his decibel level. We are sh- literally shattering the ears of the enemy whenever we shout together. Amen? Now, let me say this too. Though I believe in worship, and I believe it has an important place in the body of Christ, Corporate worship is absolutely important. There's praise and there's worship. They are two different things, okay? So I want you to hear me. But praise, times of praise, praise is totally different than worship. Worship is more of an intimacy with God. It's more intimate in nature. Praise is much more exuberant, speaking of who God is and what he's doing in the earth, okay? And what, and what we're calling on him and asking of him to do. So... I say that to say this, in times of corporate praise, it is not the time to get pruny in his presence. Meaning this, I've been a part of situations and and, and places where people get squirrely and weird and flaky and we're in the middle of shouting and proclaiming what God is doing in the earth today and we have somebody who comes up and just totally shifts and changes things and starts, you know, I feel like, and this is, this, is, this is a true story, y'all. I'm not lying. I really just feel like when you sing, you know that song, all you need is love. Da, da, da. Yeah, no joke. But th- there's a shift, and that's not the time for that. Even though God is love, okay, God is love. But listen, there, that's, we're going in the wrong direction. Whenever we are corporately praising together, we are doing it in one accord together. It's not your, understand when I say this, yes, you need to be intimate with the Lord, you need to be locked in with the Lord, but God is doing something corporately in a moment. Take your personal worship and personal praise time in the car and all these things, but corporate praise is also important for us to do together in one accord. Amen? Okay, let's keep going. He didn't design praise so we can get pruny in his presence or just have the, the, the soulless rush excitement 
adrenaline of praise, okay? Praise is a weapon that is called to be used against our enemy. Psalm 8.2 says this, God ordained praise because of our enemies to silence the foe and to still the avenger. That means to shut up the devil and make him stay still, okay? That's what it means in, in layman's terms here. So that's what Psalm 8.2 says. So that means this, praise is a weapon for us to use against the powers of the enemy, right? So whenever we praise, it's not just an excitement of, woo, yeah, but there's actually something taking place in the heavenly. He didn't create this just so you can feel the rush of having a weapon. God wants you to use your weapon. Now, I'm going to give you five, six, six reasons really fast why we praise. I'm going to bring it too close. Six reasons why we praise. Number one, God is good. He saved you. He set you free. He delivered you. He bought you back from hell's grasp. How many of us have a testimony in this room today of God's goodness in our life? Amen. That's a reason to give him praise right there. Don't let your emotions dictate whether you should praise or not. You let your praise dictate your emotions. Don't let your emotions dictate your praise. Your emotions will lie to you about sin. Your feelings will lie to you. And whenever you put a praise on your lips in the middle of a situation that looks daunting, middle of a situation that looks unovercomable, there is victory found in your praise. Amen? Don't come in one week and give God lots of praise because he's so good. And then the next week, man, you're... Water bill came back too high, so now you can't praise him anymore, okay? Praise him in all things, amen? It's sad that we'll praise performers better than we'll praise the Prince of Peace. It's sad that we live in a culture that we'll, we'll praise a political candidate better than we'll praise the one who has the government resting on his shoulders. Yeah, my Lord is right, Mr. Newland. I heard you. But it's true. We have people go to rallies and do... and. I can guarantee you those rallies are a lot louder than the church is. People don't leave them. We have people that are much more outspoken about candidates and how much they support them than how much they're outspoken about how much they support Jesus. This is a problem, church. We've let the political world become church. And we think the government rests on whoever's in office. But that's not what the scripture says. And if you believe that the government rests on whoever sits in office, then you've been deceived. And you're walking in deception. Now, do I understand authority? Do I understand order? 100%. I understand that in the natural, that man is important and makes lots of decisions. Whoever's in office, whether it's Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever, whatever others, Tea Party, all of them, whoever's in office. Mickey Mouse, I don't care. Whoever the natural person is in office. Oh, boy. Yeah, like, if he's there, (laughs) God bless America. (laughs) You know, like, if he's there, (laughs) I get order. I understand it. But I also understand that the supernatural supersedes the natural. If you really are a kingdom citizen believer and you under, like you will understand that yes that person makes decisions but the government doesn't rest on their shoulders. There's only one person that the government rests on and that's the person I will praise. 
Amen? Bless God. I could go a long time on that, but I'll stay away from it. As much as you invest time mm, in searching out every conspiracy theory there is, search the word out first. As much as you spend time going into every single, finding every single news article that agrees with your stance. Well, I don't trust CNN because I only trust Newsmax. Well, I don't trust Newsmax because I only trust CNN. Okay, y'all are back and forth. Who's right? God's right. There's only one truth. So as much time as you invest into putting yourself into that, put yourself into the word of God even more. Bless God. It's not even voting season. We'll talk about that again when it gets close. Make all you upset again. Listen, our praise of God is not to be based on our opinion of God's job performance. He has already proved himself good. Whenever you're going through a rough time, it ought to be the time you praise him more if for no other reason because you need help. And the scripture says that he's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. He's there, amen? Amen. Let praise be an outward expression of I can't do this in my own might. It's not by my might, not by power, but by your spirit, Father. And I need need you now. So I'm praising you because I need you to intervene. Which brings us, I'm going to go on. It brings us to the next two pretty easily right here. Number two is this. His word tells us to. It's pretty simple. We already read the scripture. Let everything that has the breath do what? Praise the Lord. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. The psalmist is saying, you need to praise. Look at somebody tell them, you need to praise. Look at somebody else tell them, you really need to praise. God didn't ordain praise because he needs your stamp of approval on his job performance. Or a stamp of approval of his job in your life. There is already elders and creatures surrounding the throne room of heaven saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. There's elders crying out, holy, holy is the Lord. So listen, he doesn't need your praise, but you need to praise. He does not need your praise, but you need to praise. Number three, God dwells in the praises of his people. Psalm 22, 3, yet I know that you are most holy. Psalm 22, verse 3, yet I know that you are most holy. It's indisputable. You are God enthroned, surrounded with songs, living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. What's it saying? It's that God's dwelling in the midst of our praise. That's what the scripture's saying. You need joy? Praise. You need peace? Praise. You need God to move? Praise. God shows up on the praise of his people. Praise loud and God will show up loud. Number four, trying to get through these, because it's a weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God and pulling down of strongholds. That's what 2 Corinthians tells us. Listen, God didn't give you weapons to look at. He gives you weapons to use. It's not just, oh, aren't those beautiful weapons? Look at that person. They have a great weapon. Look at Andy. Andy back there, man, he was in the back today. He had a a great, powerful weapon. Wish I had that kind of weapon. No, you have that weapon living within you. Like, you let the praise out. It's the same spirit that's raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living inside Andy, is living inside you too. And whenever you declare words in accordance to the scripture, because listen to me, every song we sing here, we are... I am very big about not singing emotional songs, but rather singing songs that are in accordance to Scripture. 
There is a lot of, I'm, I'm not throwing off on anybody, but please understand me. There are songs you can find that will, whoo, it'll turn the emotion level up to 10,000, right? And people begin to sob in the presence of the Lord. And really, a lot of it's speaking to people's emotions. And I'm more interested not in speaking to emotions, but rather speaking to principalities and powers. Because there's power on your lips that you need to release these things. There's power in your praise and your worship, and you need to be the one to release these things. I don't know everything you're going through, but you do. And you know what? The devil and, and the and demons, they hear the praises coming from your mouth, and they fear and tremble at the sound of the scripture being prophesied and declared through a melody. Amen? It's a weapon. Number five. I put this in here because it's July 4th weekend, we know, right? And um, number five is this. It brings forth freedom. Praise truly does bring forth freedom. It breaks shackles and chains. Think about it. Paul and Silas in a jail cell. What do they begin to do? Praise the Lord, oh my soul. They begin to praise the Lord right there together. That song's way too high for me. <clears throat> gotta let it out, gotta let it out, gotta let it out. Shockers fell off my feet so I can dance. Right? Like they got all of them going like. <laughs> they start going, they start praising the Lord right there. And what happens, there's an earthquake. Chains break. Prison doors are open. Chains will fall. Prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name. And that's literally what takes place. Why? Because praises begin to go forth and God shows up and sets free the captive. There might be people in this room... Some of you might be able to testify of that, that, man, there's been times I felt enchained. I felt in slavery to sin. And, man, I began to praise, and I just felt freedom arise. Listen, that's why we sing that song, Arise and Shine. Your light has come. The glory has risen upon you. Time to do what? Break every chain, everything that's been binding. How do we do that? We lift up a shout, and we make it real loud. Because chains break whenever they're shout, because the enemy fears and runs in terror whenever we shout. Listen to me, there's freedom in your praise. If you need freedom from the lies of the enemy, you begin to praise. You need freedom from anxiety, you begin to praise. I'm not saying, listen, I want you to hear me in this, okay? Because I shall know me, and this is why I preach too long, is because I try to bring balance to everything, because I don't want anybody running off with something going, Pastor said this. Listen, I want you to understand, I'm not saying that you never need to see a doctor, that you never need to talk to a therapist, or you never need to, uh, you know, look to anything else because, well, you know, you just, you just need to praise it off. Well, you just need to pray more. Maybe if you had a better prayer life, everything in your life would be better. Listen, I understand the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world, so please understand me today, okay? Uh, but what I am saying is there's greater levels of freedom that you can experience whenever you praise rather than just sitting in your mess, Amen? There's greater levels of freedom that God has for you whenever you praise. I don't, you go on anxiety medicine, okay. There's still greater levels of freedom that God has for you when you praise. You talk to a therapist, awesome. There's still greater levels that God has for you of freedom whenever you praise. Amen? Number six is this. Come to, this is the last one. Y'all still with me? If you're not, wake up. Number six, we have the victory. Amen? 
The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The enemy is trying to be something that God already is. He's trying to intimidate you with the very power that you have inside you to use against him. What is that? The roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. The roar of the lion of the tribe of praise. That's what Judah means. He's trying to contort and confuse you by using his persuasive ways, just as he did in the Garden of Eden. But listen, he can't devour you if you are praising and shouting. Because he is not what God has placed within you. Sometimes the enemy tries to roar at you and make you be discouraged. But the Bible says that greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Listen, the roar of the lion that is within you is greater and louder than the lies of the roar of this world. It is greater and louder than the lies and the roar of depression. It is greater and louder within you than the lies of recession. You go, well, pastor in the natural, it looks like recession. It's greater and it's louder than the roars of recession. I'm not saying that recession won't come. What I am saying is if recession does come, I've got a power within me and I'm going to continue to praise the Lord at all times. His praise will forever be on my lips. And I believe that I'll never see the righteous forsaken because I've got a praise within me and that God shows up wherever I am whenever I praise. So if he's got to show up with red eyeball ravens in a room to bring me money to pay bills and do these things, listen, I believe will God will show up as provider whenever I praise the Lord because he shows up where I praise. Amen. Miss Donna, will you come play, please? We shouldn't react in fear to the roar of the enemy because we have the roar inside of us that is louder, that can overcome the enemy. The Bible tells us that the voice of the Lord shatters the enemy. One of the ways God's voice is heard is by the roar. His roar shatters the enemy. There's also a roar God wants to release through you, and that is that roar is that of a shout like we've been talking about. The word shout in Hebrew is ruah. Somebody say ruah. It literally means this, is what I was talking about, to split the ears with sound, to damage, especially by breaking. Whenever we say lift a shout, what I'm saying is lift a ruah. Because whenever we do that, it's splitting the ears of your enemy with sound. And it's bringing damage and breaking the back of the enemy. God's power is living within you to split Satan's ears whenever you release a shout. Amen. We break up and we damage the kingdoms of darkness as we shout. As we shout in praise and victory, God arises in our midst as a mighty man of war fighting for us and he begins to send the enemy running. Listen, what happens whenever our team wins? I'm telling you, whenever we had flag football this season, Gideon's team and uh, Coach John's team over here, I call him Coach John sometimes because that's what he is when he's on the football field, but John Anderson, you know, he's playing guitar over here and Gideon was on his team and they won the Super Bowl and you better believe this guy right here was shouting loudly every play I don't even like the Packers and I'm on the side saying go Pack go go Pack go I mean as loud as I can okay y'all go man pastor you are loud I am loud I know I was screaming and shouting and yelling for my for the team and whenever they won, I shouted super loud. You know why I shouted? Because they won. One of the signs that you know you have victory is when you shout. 
the shout is a reminder to the devil that, hey, you're a defeated foe. The shout is a reminder to the devil that, hey, you already lost. I serve a God of victory. I serve a God of triumph. I serve a God who overcame, overcomes, and continues to overcome. Will you stand to your feet and give God a shout of victory that he's due? Hallelujah. So what I want you to do is whenever we say shout, I want you to envision that. Victory's already won. It's done. It's done. Jesus said, it is finished. So go up. Guess what, y'all? It is done. Whenever I say amen, guess what that means? So be it. So you know what it means? It's so being done in my life. Whatever I begin to shout and proclaim the praises of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I am shouting and proclaiming the praises of a king that has never lost a battle and will not start losing with yours and that he will show up on your behalf. Amen. We lift your hands to the Lord, Father, right now. We just thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the weapon of praise that you've given to us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that there's this revelation, knowledge, and understanding of overcoming through the power of our praise. Lord, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, but we know, Father, you've given us a weapon that is powerful and mighty against the spiritual host of wickedness, and through, and Lord, we just thank you that through our praise and through our worship, the enemy is silenced, the enemy is stilled, the enemy is destroyed, the enemy is defeated. Lord, we just thank you for the reminder that today we have already overcome through Christ Jesus and the devil is a liar and he can go back to where he is Lord we come against right now the accuser of the brethren we come against the lies of the enemy we come against the anxiety lies the fear lies we come against every lie that's tried to come against the children of God Lord we come against the lie of inferiority Lord we come against the lie of not being good enough we come against every single lie now and we thank you for a reminder of victory and triumph and freedom and liberty today. So Lord, we prophesy freedom to the captive right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, will you give God one more hand clap and shout amen this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah.